Hi, this is Oscar Rios from Legends. Oh, I told you I was going to screw it up. <laughs> Hi, this is Oscar Rios from Golden Goblin Press, and welcome to Legends of Tabletop. Hello and welcome to the Legends of Tabletop podcast. I am excited to have Oscar on yet again. Uh, we do get him bi-weekly now anyway. Oscar is like half of the podcast now, and that's fantastic <laughs> for us. I feel like such a ham. <laughs> so it's, just, it's, it's honestly just nice to have a, an ongoing campaign. Uh, I mean, you know, th that's this is the longest continuous game I've run in years, so it, it's nice, you know. And it's fun because we don't have any, like, we don't have anywhere to be sort of thing like in-game. You do, but you don't, right? So we can meander a little bit and sort of dick around. And oh, yeah, I'm letting I'm letting people Shatner up the, you know, Shatner up the stage and chew up the scenery. So Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like if we get a little too far out in the weeds, you're like, all right, so we, like, we got to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there was that one session where we spent 20 minutes trying to name a donkey. Yeah. Um, then I was like, all right, no, guys. <laughs> this is not compelling broadcasting. Hey, that, that, that's what people are tuning in for. <laughs> yeah. But you're we're not on we're not on for that. You you've got another Kickstarter coming up for Golden Goblin Press. Yeah, something completely different from every other Kickstarter we've done. And at this point that's saying a lot because we've done an awful lot of these. Um so this is going to be Terrors of October Nomicon, and I am not writing anything for it at this point. I may be a stretch goal, but I'm not part of the core book. And that is because uh, the, the, core, the core book is going to be written by all uh, new and newish aspiring authors to our community. Um, people who've been active in the repository, one of our, you know, Two of our authors have some RPG credits. Um, one has one scenario out in a GGP book. One has some supplemental stuff out for, uh, you know, they wrote some NPCs for Stygian, a Stygian Fox product. Um, and one has never been published in any way, shape, or form as a, as a gamer. Uh, so this cool. will be his, his first, you know, his first foray into, uh, you know, his first introduction to the, uh, the community. So that's pretty exciting. What's also exciting is we've, um, we've, this is a tribute to one of, uh, one of my favorite times of the year, uh, the October Nomicon for Shagat.net. Uh, we can have a whole nother conversation about that, but uh, for those who don't know, it's a, every month, every day in the month of October, Shagat.net tries to feature a brand new creature. So you get 31, if you're lucky, if everything goes right, you get 31 new monsters in the month of October. And these are written, they, they do get some big names in there. But for the most part, this is written by aspiring authors who are just 
hoping to get, you know, get some chops in and get some practice. So um, each of the six scenarios these new authors are doing features a creature from the pages of October Novicon. And the, the authors pick their creature. Um, so we had no control over which creatures were being picked. Um, we just, let's say, sent us three pitches for three different creatures. And they did. We picked those. And, uh, yeah, so I... I what do you, what else do you want to know? I've, <laughs> I've been knee deep in this for a, for a few months. Well, not knee deep. I've been mailing. I've spent the last eight weeks mailing out two different Kickstarters. Yeah. Yeah. And, and starting to work on, on Britannia and beyond in a serious fashion again to get that done. So it's, it's been pretty busy uh at that the goblin there my knees are killing me from all the boxes but right. <laughs> we're on the other side of that process thank goodness so how many how many authors how many new authors are we are we looking at for this uh for this project uh, we, we've got six and with a stretch goal we will add seven so the core book is six uh, authors we have let me see i believe we have three brits uh, two Americans and one Polish national, which we are thrilled uh, because right uh, what <laughs> I said right on. Um, it's my homeboy. <laughs> yeah, Poland homeboy. has one of the biggest, most vibrant Call of Cthulhu communities on earth. I mean, they love their Call of Cthulhu, and the author uh, we have for that is. Um, I mean, I want to look at his name as I say it because I don't want to mispronounce it any worse than I'm going to. Uh, Marek Golganka. And he's uh, he actually is he teaches RPG design in Poland on a college level. Oh, nice. That's cool. So he's got a lot of work out, a lot of Polish language stuff out, a lot of stuff on the repository. So, um, But this will be his first time in a mainline published book for uh, English-speaking audiences. Nice. That's cool. So we, have, so we have six new monsters and each one of those monsters has its has own a new scenario. scenario. Yep. Yep. Very cool. um, and we're happy to say that uh, one third of the team is women. Uh, nice. Not that, you know, we were specifically looking, but God knows we need more great female horror RPG writers. And uh, we're really thrilled to be giving to uh, a shot, you know, a, you know, a chance to to present their work to the wider audience. Um, one of those, I mean, you want me to go down the line, or you want to? Yeah, yeah. Uh, th we have Helen Yao, who has written a few things for uh, for the repository, and uh, uh, Francesca McMahon, who has written. I've been working with her for a little while, um, and she's got something out with us, a fiction piece. Wrath of the Kelpie from uh, the Britannia Beyond Fiction book, but this will be her first uh, her first scenario with us. And those are they're both you know UK they're both Brits and uh, lovely lovely to have them. Uh, really excited and I'm happy to say everyone's work is turned in. Um, <laughs> two people are Always already in, two people are already in rewrites, um, which was great. But we'll talk. We could talk about that whole. That's a whole story in and of itself. <laughs> um, and we have. We'll get to the this side of the pond. We have William Adcott, 
who has one scenario out with us, but he's been helping us with supplemental writing and running at cons. And I've been working with him for three years to, you know, build up his skill set. He's got a bunch of stuff out on the repository. Right. Um, so he's, I got, I got to meet Bill at, at Necronomicon last year. At right. The, right. Uh, at the opening night stuff. And, uh, and Morgan, uh, Llewellyn, I just found out in an interview when I interviewed him that I've been pronouncing his name wrong for several years. <laughs> um, I apologize, Morgan. Uh, Morgan is uh, very interesting. Uh, this will he also has a piece of fiction out with us in the Britannia book, and this will be his very first published scenario. But um, I met him actually uh, playing with him. Uh, online you know broadcasted game like i just now i never get to play so when i played it i was really entertained i i dug into the material and i totally shattered it up and had a wonderful time nice and you know then found out that this was the kid's own scenario that he had wrote this this was his and i was suitably impressed and i wanted to start working with him you know cool and uh, he's very interesting. He's from Utah. So uh, we we just had a talk in an interview about what is the horror of Utah like? <laughs> There's um, nothing. <laughs> it's all open space. <laughs> you're Arizona, right? You're not Utah. Yeah, but It's you're, similar. Yeah. Um, he had some really amazing insights about why, you know, what the horror of Utah is like. He said it's a, it's very, he said it's very claustrophobic because it's surrounded by mountains and the city is very densely packed in a grid pattern. And as soon as you get out of the mountains, there's nothing for hundreds of miles in any direction. He said, so you have this claustrophobia in the center of this just vast void. Um, and I was like, wow. Okay. Now I get why you could be a horror writer because you know, horror writers, you know, Maine and new England, yada, 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 uh, New Orleans, you don't think Utah, but you know, I'm like, so what is the horror of Utah like? And he, he explained it wonderfully. And if you want to see that, uh, his, I believe his interview is already up on, uh, on our Facebook page and it will be embedded in the Kickstarter page. Yeah. So I, I guess before you continue, we should, we should note that you've been doing your own interviews yes. uh, of the various authors and posting them up to, uh, to the Facebook page. Yeah, it's um, it's good practice for me for filming Kickstarter videos to screw around with the software I'm paying for every year. <laughs> so, um, I figured, who better to talk about the scenarios than the authors of the scenarios themselves? And if if you want the audience to be excited about new authors, let's let them meet the new authors. Let them hear what they have to say and talk. You know, get their vibe, get their rhythm. And get excited about. Oh, I'm waving hello in the background. Um, <laughs> uh, and get you know, get the audience excited to see what their work is like. And the interviews have been great. It's um, they're all young, they're all eager, they're all full of energy, and it makes like a a, a broke down fifty year old jaded <laughs> editor author like me. It just gives me a whole you know second wind of. of I mean, I remember when I was in my my late twenties, early thirties, and I was writing my first or you know first few scenarios. Right. Um, 
so for for us, and I'm I'm mentoring the crew along with uh, Matt Wiseman of Shigak.net, who's also an Emmy Award winning author. Um, so we're both answering questions and helping with scenario designs, and we're going to be doing several rounds of edits with them to really bring their their skills forward. So it's a great learning opportunity for them. Um, it's you know it's taking time. It's not. It's a lot easier to go with a seasoned author right. who's just going to turn it in and you've got to do a brief edit, but you're not doing anything for the community. You're not helping these new authors, you know, and, that, and tragically, it's really cool that, that you guys are taking the time out of the schedules and, and granted, like you're doing a Kickstarter. So, you know, golden goblin is, is, has got a, you know, financial uh, aspect to it, but, but it's cool that you're able to, to do that, take time out of the schedule or you could be, like you say, bringing in a regular author, you know, doing your own sort of project to, to bring more people in and, 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 and doing the interviews too, to, to put a, a face to the name. And it's not just a Kickstarter with a bunch of scenarios. It's a person who put their time and effort and, and expertise into crafting something, you know, for right. us to, to mess around with. And that's, I love that. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, um, you know, it's very interesting. It's it's part of their whole training as well, because in this day of, of, you know, social media, to be a successful author, you need to learn how to promote yourself. You need to learn how to be in front of a camera, how to perform in an interview for podcasts and, and you know, YouTube channels and all of that. So with, with me doing it with them, it's less pressure. But it's still enough pressure. They were a lot of them were were very nervous. Um, but it was it was fun. I mean, and I'm no I'm no great interviewer, so I was a little nervous myself. I I cheated and I wrote. I had a nice phone call with uh, uh, Chad Bouchard, formerly of uh, you know Wisconsin University podcast, and I'm like, I gotta do some interviews. You gotta help me. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I don't I don't want to make these kids look bad. So you gave me some great pointers, and I think it was very helpful. That's cool. Yeah. I, I tell you, in the beginning, this used to petrify me coming on. And now <laughs> it's just like, yeah, whatever. But but even still, even with that, like, it, it's still a little, you know, especially if you get somebody new. Like, with you, whatever. It's, it's, it's old hat. Like, you know, we've known each other for a while. But to, to bring somebody in that you don't really know all that well, mm-hmm. it, there's still a little bit of butterflies, but, but like right. we're all in the thing together, right? Like we're all into the game. We're all into the RPGs. Like there's that common thread. And it's right. Right. Sort of you, you sit down there. with anybody in this community and you've already got 10 things in common with them, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's easy to be friendly and comfortable with people in your community. Um, so, you know, that's, what's great about the, the, the call of Cthulhu, you know, mythos horror kind of community. Mm-hmm. Because uh, yeah, it's a niche of a niche too, right? So like if you're into this, there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of commonality already anyway. Right. And I find that we don't have a lot of, oh, let me not, let me not say this. I haven't encountered much gatekeeping. Yeah, um, I, I think Cthulhu is different. For I genuinely feel that older Cthulhu players are really excited when new players want to learn, especially new keepers. Yeah. You talk to people who run Call of Cthulhu. If they get a chance to run someone's first Call of Cthulhu game, that's like, oh, we get the we get the first piece of pie out of you know, <laughs> you know, we get the first slice of cake from you know, we it's 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 such a treat to be the person 
to introduce a player to cosmic horror. And in a way, for me as a publisher, it's such a treat to introduce what for for the most part six new authors to a whole audience of people. I mean, right. yes, some of them have stuff in, in other languages, some of them have stuff on the repository, but you know, this will be the first time it's going to be, you know, on a Kickstarter, you know, general release that they're not going to be they're not going to be that one unknown one or two unknown scenario in a scenario filled with known people. Right. You know, they're all on a level playing field, you know, they're, so they won't feel like, Oh, my work's going to get buried because there's two other scenarios by guys who, you know, one eddies and then you're written campaigns and I'm just, you know, like filler. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, barely a supporting character. No, they, they, these authors are going to be the star of this show. Yeah. Um, And that's too, and that's hard. Like, you know, you're talking about with social media and then having to get in and promote yourself, but, but people who tend to have a more creative bent a lot of times are less likely or, or more um, inhibited to get out there and sort of, Hey, this is, this is the thing that I'm doing. Cause it almost feels like you're, you know, shilling in a, in a bad way, you know, look at me, look at me. And, and it's not that, but you know, to get your voice out, you really have to, you know, sort of push it out in a, you know, in a respectful way, but, but also reach out to people in the, in the community and sort of say, Hey, like, this is what I'm doing. Is this cool? Can you share this? Is this something we could talk about? Um, and just, you know, bring everybody up. Right. Cause like everybody's in here having a good time. Well, most people are in here having a good time. I guess there's still, right, right. <laughs> there's still those that don't want some people to have a good time. But also it's, it's, it's kind of half a commercial cause it's, videos by the company on the Kickstarter page. So it's kind of like, you know, is Talking Dead a real news show? Because it's <laughs> right after the walk, you know, the Walking Dead and it's all about the Walking Dead. You know, is it a fanzine or is it a real or a hard hitting media? No, it's a fanzine. Yeah. So my interviews have been tell us about your scenario. Tell us about yourself. You know, let's have some dopey uh, conversation. Then I'll go back and edit out all of my meandering old man comments to make you look better <laughs> and me look like less of a bore, which I had to do because I like to talk. Uh, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so annoying. And I'm like, edit, you know, cut. <laughs> this is why I like to have you on because I don't have to do very much. <laughs> I, I, yeah. You and I'm Scott. really in touch with my inner douchebag, I got to tell you. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, this is what people come for. <laughs> If they listen to our games, yeah, they're used to it. <laughs> Jesus. I feel like such a hack. <laughs> uh, so what else can I tell you about this? Uh, when does the Kickstarter start? The Kickstarter starts on uh, Friday the 19th at the stroke of midnight, which is technically the first second of Saturday the 20th. As if that's not confusing enough, but that's... <laughs> That's our tradition. We've been doing that for years now. We always launch at Friday at a midnight and to start on a weekend. Um, we try and end, and we will be ending on a Sunday night at midnight, uh, 30 days later um, in April, April 26, I think, or, or something like that. But The launch will involve a lot of Mountain Dew and Cheetos, if I'm not mistaken. Cream soda. Well, cream soda. <laughs> cream soda and, Frito, and uh, Fritos. So I was, Although, I was in the ballpark. Uh, no, yeah, you were in the ballpark. I don't know if I'm going to do that because 
the pandemic has not been good to my health. <laughs> so um, I, it may be just, you know, I should be doing carrot sticks and tea, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. It may be a can of, of cream soda and not a whole bottle. You know, and like one of the little of one of the little lunch bags of Fritos, you know, <laughs> yeah. just to avoid the curse. There you go. <laughs> and it's as a book of scenarios. Is there going to be a fiction companion with this as well? There or is, this is really going to be a fiction companion. It nice. is already um, five of the six stories are written. We are we are we've got a cover. We've got a sketch of a cover, so it's not colored yet. But we should have cover design before the launch of the Kickstarter, knock on wood. Um, that'll be our big stretch goal. Uh, I forget what I'm naming it. Hold on. I, I can look this up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't have like a pre-Kickstarter to look through to mine for questions and stuff. Oh, you should have asked. I've I've had the page was actually set for approval today. Yeah, I saw it just before we got on that you sent it off. Right. Uh, oh, I think the working title is going to be Dark Discoveries. Ooh, nice. And the reason it's going to be called Dark Discoveries is because the six brand new monsters that the uh, that the the RPG authors picked are going to be featured in short stories that our fiction authors were assigned. Nice. So the the original monsters that appear in the RPG book we'll have fiction stories written about them in the fiction book. So, you know, you don't, you're not going to know what to expect because unless you're an avid, you know, October Novicon fan who read every single monster for right. years and years, you know, you may have never heard of these things. Um, so we're really excited about that. I've read most of them at this point. I'm really happy with the way the book's turning out. If we enlarge to a seventh scenario we're gonna try and get a seventh short story through kickstarter through uh stretch goals but uh you know we'll see we'll see what kind of legs we've got and but yeah they... so dark discovery we've already got a, a rough cover sketch for it. cover design is a little held up because we're we've also got mark working on uh the layout for april snow the last stretch goal of you know the holiday collection kickstarter we're just finishing up right so no, um, keeping him pretty busy. Is the are, are the uh, fiction stories written by other people than the the uh, the scenario creators? Yep. Um, yep. They're they're they've got enough to do writing their scenarios. Right, we didn't right. want to overtax them, so we've got some of our our go to fiction people on that. But I think we've got one or two new authors as well. But we've got some of our established fiction people that we've worked with for years who were really excited to uh, be working with us again. Cool. Very cool. Um, and uh, I can give you a sneak peek of some of them. Hold on. I, I'll Ooh. drop some names. Exclusives. Uh, uh, Andy Newton has a story in it. Uh, Peter Rollick has a story in it. Uh, Glenn Owen Barris has a story in it. And that's all I'm saying. That's half of them. So. <laughs> all right, nice. But those are three people we've worked with uh, many times, and we'll right. probably, God willing, we'll work with again. They're they're wonderful authors. Okay, and and obviously price point. What are we looking at to uh, to get in uh, on the Kickstarter? Price point. Uh, it's not you know it's not too terrible if you want to just go digital. 
uh, you know, we're looking at $15 and that will be the PDF. And if we unlock the fiction, the fiction will be included in that. Uh, we've got uh, the, the basic early bird special will be $30. And that's going to be $30 if it's six scenarios or seven scenarios. Um, there's only 100 of those. Mm -hmm. So first 100 backers to grab it for 30, get it for 30. After that, it goes up to 40, which is still less than $10 a scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, we start adding bells and whistles. Like you can get on the, uh, you can get on the thank you page. You could have a brief message on the thank you page. Um, or you can have, uh, you can help name and design a character that is either killed or is found dead. <laughs> nice. So, <laughs> so we're calling that claimed by the void, <laughs> the upper <laughs> level. So, uh, if you've got an ex that you really don't like <laughs> and would like to name, uh, our character that is horrifically murdered, our authors are standing by, <laughs> Well, let me let me look at that one. <laughs> and then again, that's limited. Uh, we're only doing, um, I think they wrote nine of those. Cool. So a few scenarios will have two dead people, you know, two <laughs> two dead celebrities in it. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, and, and when does this one expect to um, fulfill? Well, all of the scenarios are done. Okay. Uh, we've got two in rewrites already. Um, I've read two others, and we're expecting to put them in rewrites early next week. Um, I don't want to give a specific date because these are new authors, and we don't know how they're going to handle rewrites. We don't know how long it's going to take to get them to the point where they're going to put their best foot forward. Um, we've got, you know, in some cases, there's a lot they need to learn. In some cases, you know, raw talent needs to be needs to become skill yeah yeah um we're going to be working with them they're working very hard they're very eager they're very excited we even told them do you want to start working on rewrites now or wait until we fund because if you start working on it now if it doesn't fund it's all for nothing and universally they said we all want to we want to start as soon as possible whether we fund or not we're learning so much and they're so eager to you know, to learn how to do this, that they're they're all, they're all in. They've pushed their chips forward. So we're going to try, ideally, ideally, I would love to get this out by October. Oh, I would that would love be cool. To, I would <laughs> love to be delivering this in the fall and get it into people's hands. And there's no reason why that's unreasonable because they're all written. Um, by the time the Kickstarter launches, that's two weeks um, Next the week. Monday after the Kickstarter launches, we should have the last two in rewrites. Right. Um, so there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to get it done. We have a brand new, or we've brought in a new author. We'll be talking more about him later. Um, but a new, uh, a new editor. So we've increased our, our RPG editors. Um, let me find his name. I don't, I want to give him the proper respect. Mike. Uh, Mike Wilson. Uh, Lisa Paddle met with, you know, interviewed him. She put her stamp of approval, said, yes, this is someone we should be working with. He's been proofreading for us for a few years. So this will be his first, uh, 
his first book, you know, editing with us. Um, Lisa's busy with Britannia, so he's going to be taking point on this after we have scenarios that are are ready, you know, that have been mentored, you know, shepherded to the point where we can hand them off. We'll hand them off. And um, you know, we've got a art. You know, the artist for this is not involved in any other project projects. This is a completely independent project from Britannia. So while I've got one set of people working on Britannia, I can have other people working on this. The goal is by October. That would be cool. So many things can and do go wrong. Right. Um, but the goal is October. And there's no knock on wood. We've got our ducks in a row on this one. The Technically, the book is done. Yeah. It's, right. it's, in, it's in rough shape. <laughs> these are first, these are first drafts, and I technically haven't read two of them because I'm reading two a week and then sending two. You know, they all blend together if you read them all at once. Yeah, you know, when you've yeah. got to critique them, um, but they're all written. You know, we're going to be sending them for rewrites, and you know, depending on how stretch goals go, it'll increase the workload because we've got some, you know, some crunchy bits and 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 interesting things to add um, if we start making stretch goals. Uh, which I hope we do, you know. I mean, our last project, the Holiday Collection, with stretch goals, that book became a monster. I mean, people really got their money's worth with that one because right. with just family trees and, and adult investigators and pulp investigators and the best friend levels and two additional scenarios, that became our largest book to date. And we didn't plan it that way. We had originally had two scenarios and it turned into four scenarios with a ton of support stuff. Right. And again, we're really proud and excited, but they get, you know, it's, it's, it just goes to show you that if, if, if it all goes well and you support a Kickstarter, you could really get a lot of value for your initial investment. Mm -hmm. And and it's funny because some people will wait. Right. So like, they know that Golden Goblin puts out quality stuff. There's, you know, you, oh, you release you. on a pretty regular schedule. Um, but, the, the, you know, there's a group of people that will look at a Kickstarter, especially for board games, and go, I like that, and I'm probably going to get it, but I want to wait to see, like, how big this is going to be or, or what I can get in the way of stretch goals instead of just going, I want to support these people. I want to support this business. I want this thing that I'm going to play or, 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 you know, run or whatever. And, and it's weird. It's just, it's just personality. You know, some people, you know, the, you know, if they're from the show me state, you know, they, they, they don't want to pony up for something that may not happen, even yeah. though there's no risk and, and yeah. they'll stalk it and they'll check in on it until it funds. And they'll be like, well, Unless I'm getting the fiction book with it, I'm not interested. <laughs> and then when you unlock that, they're interested. But, when but you all have along, to had they backed earlier, we would have unlocked it earlier. Yeah, yeah. But what can you do? Um, you know, from a publisher, sure, you want everybody to back on day one. You want to fund on the first day, start on the stretch goals, and have all this pressure off. Yeah. Doesn't work like that. It doesn't usually doesn't work like that. So we're, you know, we're ready. We're ready to do our, our due diligence and put our best foot forward and have everyone, you know, excited about it and keep everyone informed about how it goes and, you know, do the work. 
Right, right. Now, do you do you feel pressure as a publisher to include stretch goals? I mean, would you ever consider just putting out a project and going, this is the book, this is what we have lined up, this is what we're going to go, and shit, if we make double, like, thank you, because, like, this is my job. Like, this is what I do. This is what pays my bills. Like, That's not the way Kickstarter works. Uh, it, it's yeah. just – it's not – Kickstarter is a roller coaster. Kickstarter is a trip to the casino. Whether you're a backer, whether whether you're whether you're ga a gambler or the house, it's yeah. an exciting night of of uh, at the casino. Right. So yeah, you want to have that excitement. You want to have that tension. You want your you want your backers invested. You know, you want them to see that kick, that stretch goal, and it's like three hours left. And they're like, oh, if I just throw, if everybody throws in another $20, we can make it. <laughs> and then you get some of the people who are really our best, you know, our best and most loyal fans. They were like, we just need $300 to unlock a stretch goal. And they will bid $300 extra just to get this stretch goal. Or, you know, even in, in some cases, we've funded a project in the last hour. In the last hour of the Kickstarter, we funded the growing up overnight, the two mm -hmm. fiction book. Our fans were, we're not going to let this die. And they literally pulled us out of the fire, snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. And we're forever grateful. Um, I was, I was happy to put every book in every envelope and carry them to the post office for that Kickstarter. Cause you know, our, our backers really saved us there, but but no, I mean the stretch goals are, are fun. They're interesting. They they keep it interesting. Um, they help people become excited about it, and they get people to spread it on social media because they want. Like after they back it, yeah. you know they're trying to get their friends to back it so they can get more, so everyone will get more bang for their buck. I guess I'm the odd man out, I, and and maybe it's just because I'm I'm on this side of the chair and and, and get to do this a lot. That like I like for me, I'm excited just to to have you succeed, and you know for me to get a cool book out of it. If there's other stuff, like I'm not saying it's not cool, but like you know, I I don't know. It, it's it's a weird it's a weird headspace for me. Like I just like you know. Yeah, but wouldn't you rather have seven new scenarios instead of six? I I mean yeah, but like if you would put you, out a thing would, and said, would you, you know, would you rather a, a fiction collection to go with it? I mean sure, I, mean, I do yeah. But if there wasn't one, I wouldn't be like, I'm not going to back that. You know? A lot of people would. A lot of people were like, that's all? I'll just wait. If that's all I'm getting, why am I going to back the Kickstarter when I can just get it from the game store or order it from the website after it funds? I'm not getting anything special. Yeah. Well, you do the, get it a little cheaper. Yeah, but a little cheaper and an art print and a bookmark and a free PDF <laughs> of the fiction collection, that's going to sweeten the pot considerably. Yeah, well, I guess it's me. <laughs> right, right. Um, so if we're going to talk about stretch goals, and, and we are, uh, we are having a stretch goal called uh, Honorary Horrors, where Matt, uh, Matt and I are going to pick six of our favorite creatures that were not selected, and we're going to uh, include those in the, in the book. So you'll get the six new creatures from October Novicon from in the scenarios, and then six more, um, just because. And we may do that twice. You know, we may do 
another six. I mean, we do further, you know, right. further honorary horrors. Uh, we're talking about something called the Mentors Challenge, which would be Matt writing a scenario using a creature I created and myself creating a, a, a scenario using a monster he created. And that would be a bonus PDF available only to Kickstarter backers <laughs> at first. Um, and then, you know, you can order it digitally after. But um, so, yeah, we've got some kooky ideas. You know, bookmarks are always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm using one right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, expanded illustrations, expanded maps, full color interior. Um, there's loads of bells and whistles you can do to to spark a project. You spank a project up and get people really excited about it. So, Right. That's cool. And, and the scenarios, they run over different times. They're not all set in the 20s. You've got a... They are not all set in the 20s. We have four that are set in the 20s. And only one of which, well, of the four set in the 20s, uh, hold on, I'm trying to think. We have one set in Egypt. We have one set in Venice. We have one set, I believe, in Cornwall, the UK, and one set in Lovecraft Country. Oh, nice. Good mix. And for the other two, we have what I like to call an American gaslight scenario. And by American gaslight, I mean down darker trails, um, old West. Nice. Uh, And that's set in the Colorado territory before statehood. And the sixth is a setting near and dear to my heart. Um, And that's going to be set in the province of Asia of, of Asia. I believe Asia. Yes, Asia. Um, right outside of the city of Petra for Cthulhu Invictus. Very cool. So, yeah, you're going to get a Cthulhu Invictus scenario, a Down Darker Trail scenario, uh, three European scenarios, and a Lovecraft. Well, let me not say that because it's copyrighted. An Eldritch <laughs> New England. An Eldritch New England uh, scenario. Cool. Set across, you know. That county that was talked about by Lovecraft. <laughs> it's like you can't say Super Bowl. <laughs> like it's, just it's ridiculous. Stupid. And that's why we had to change the name of the last Kickstarter. That's why, that's why you back something and you got a book with a different cover. <laughs> yeah. You didn't want to get sued. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that still plays a part in all this kind of stuff, even though it's a a good and sharing community and everybody's into all this stuff. Like, it's- But we're, we're super, super excited to have, um, you know, a scenario set in Venice, a heavily researched Venice um, during a period where there was a huge socialist movement going on and a lot of unrest post-World War One unrest. unrest. Mm-hmm. We have Egypt right after it's gained independence. Um, so there's heavily researched that. That's uh, that scenario set on a paddle wheel steamer, um, and the one in Cornwall is um, really interesting because it's, it's a place very few people know anything about. Um, what else was it called? I see the question. Yeah, so so Andy's in. So- it was called the Lovecraft Country Hol- Lovecraft Country Count it, Lovecraft Country Holiday Collection, and we couldn't call it that anymore because of the HBO show and not wanting to get sued. So we had to change it to the Eldritch New England Holiday Collection. 
It was March 19th is when the Kickstarter starts? Uh, March 19th, yes. I'm actually reading a book about fascism right now, so that scenario would be particularly interesting for me. <laughs> right, right. Um, so that's going to be a really interesting one. That's uh, that's Merrick's. Uh, I'm not scheduled to read that one until next week. Cool, cool. Uh, he needed a little extra time because he actually had friends in Venice that he wanted to read it and check for historical accuracy. Makes sense. You, you can't beat that. <laughs> you yeah, really yeah. can't. Right. Um, thanks, Max. Um, yeah. So, and the one in Cornwall is, uh, our, the author had roots in the area, you know, her, her people came from there and she's got a lot of, uh, background from her grandparents there and finds it a very spooky place. And we're eager to, uh, to experience that vicariously through the, uh, through the scenario. Cool. Very cool. Well, it's nice to get a, a, a wide variety, you know, you can you get four in, in the same or you've got them spread out, you know, right, right. and you can use those maybe as a hook to get into a, a, you know, a larger campaign or, you know, add it to something that you've got going on now. If there's you can, you can do a globe hopping trip. If you want, you can just, you know, travel from Lovecraft country to the UK, then down to Egypt and across to, you know, down to Venice and then down to Egypt. I mean, you know, why not? You've, yeah. got, you've got your characters already there uh, anyway. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. And it's always fascinating to to have scenarios in exotic places, but written by people who've actually been there and experienced it. Um, it's hard for me writing about ancient Rome because I don't have a time machine. Yeah. <laughs> I've never, you know, it's impossible for me to experience that. But the author writing about Egypt has been there. The author writing about Venice has lived there for a couple of years, you know. Right. You know. Morgan hasn't been to, you know, third century Petra, but you know, <laughs> and I don't think that uh Bill has been to the Colorado Territory. But you know, what can you do? You do the best you can. <laughs> so the library's for we're the internet right. now, I guess. To the internet. I'm old, so I went library first. <laughs> <laughs> right. To the encyclopedias. <laughs> and I'm a little older than you. I remember the big white covered hardcover encyclopedia collection, every school report until yep. the eighth grade. And you couldn't take them out of the library. You had to do your research there because they were all the reference stuff. Fuck. No, my parents invested in a set. Oh, nice. There you go. So I actually, we actually had an encyclopedia set. And I probably used it for Star Wars figure forts as much as I did for reports. <laughs> I would build fortifications for my ad at. I would redo the Battle of Hoth with the encyclopedia collection. Nice. <laughs> That's terrible. I, I was a horrible child. <laughs> but yeah, we're super, super excited about this project. You know, and and you know, not just for working with new authors and not just for another Kickstarter and we're going to, you know, keep the production lines going, but, you know, to do something for the community as a whole, to give new authors a, a chance to get started in, in a proper way, you know, to give them the tools they need to be successful. So they're not just floundering and meandering and, you know, the fan base can be, can be brutal. You know, yeah. so if we can if we can save them from making some of those rookie mistakes, 
protect them from the the basement trolls, <laughs> you know, then you know, as, maybe much as, you can. Get, as much as you can, you know, maybe they'll have a better shot at having a, a long career. You know, they won't be discouraged and eviscerated, you know? Right. Well, I, you know, I think, and, and it's hard to do that, but, I mean, you just have to tune most of that stuff out because people want to be shitty just to be shitty. doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah, you don't want to give them an opening, though. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you, you definitely want to get your, your facts straight and, uh, you know, no spelling errors and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> We're working on it, Max. So, uh, so it's good that you, you know you've got different teams working on different stuff. But right now, uh, Britannia is the only thing that's hanging out, right? Britannia and the mystery of April snow. Okay. Um, so we've got, and that's in layout. So once we get it back from layout, we'll be sending it to Chaosium for approval. We'll distribute that to fans, and then uh, it'll be up on the website for download. But after that, Britannia is the only outstanding Kickstarter that we had. We've had a busy year for March. You know, we've delivered two Kickstarters. Um, you know, a total of four four books, three fiction and an RPG, um, have all been delivered in you know literally since the holidays. Right. My post office loves me. <laughs> You're keeping them open. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping the lights on there. Uh, <laughs> they actually greeted me by name the last time I was in there. I was almost oh, yeah. Was that Oscar? Hi. I'm like, hi. <laughs> well, and, and, and even with, and, and there were, you know, reasons for, for Britannia not, you know, completing a lost editor. And, you know, there's, there's, there's life situations that happen. And again, you know, it's, it's weird for me because like, I, like I know you, so like, I, I'm not worried about, Oh my God, I'm not going to get a book. But I know there's probably, you know, at least some portion of people are like golden goblin as a thing. I give money to, and then I get books from, and then when, but like your, your the track record alone, right? And I know people got a people, right? But it, again, it's just like you, they you have just every, go, they have every right to hold us accountable. They have every right to comp complain when you're late. You're late. Did things happen? Yes, things have happened. Um, you know, we we had to switch editors. We had to pull an editor off of one book to put her on another. She wasn't happy. She was <laughs> literally, she was four scenarios done in a five scenario book. And I, I pulled her and I said, all right, it's nothing but Britannia now. Um, so for those of you who wanted to see the new expanded uh, legacy of Arius Lurko updated for seventh edition, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer for that. Um, <laughs> you know, Lisa can't be in two places at once. It took us a while to replace well, you can never replace someone like uh, Jeff Muller, but we have a, another editor that we've been working with. I like to have two RPG editors and our fiction editor, and they don't, you know, I, we like to say, not my monkey, not my circus. You know, yeah, th yeah. This, is, this is what you're working on. This is what you're working on. This is what you're working on. And we keep our teams independent so we can have production lines going. And, you know, through unfortunate circumstances and misadventure, uh, the three authors we were, the three editors we, the four editors we were working with turned into two. Yeah. And uh, now we're back up to three. So we're in a much better place. 
And um, I'm bringing on definitely one and possibly two other supplemental authors to help finish up Britannia. One is a very big name. I can't, I'm allowed to reveal it, but I wrote to Stuart to let him know that this person will be helping us. And until I hear back from Stuart, I don't want to announce that person publicly, but um, it's a big name. Yeah, I'm very I, happy to have them on board. I, I was going to tease that you had a, a special, a special yes, guest. We, and <laughs> they, they formalized their involvement. I just, out of respect for our primary author, I don't want to announce it. <laughs> uh, that makes me happy and sad, Max. <laughs> Send me send me a PM on Facebook. I'll I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> but um, and we've got a, a a new author who offered to help, and he's got some writing credits. And I said, send me send me fifteen hundred send me fifteen hundred words with a cult on Bianus as an audition. And if we like it, sure you can help. <laughs> nice. And usually they never send anything in, so we'll see. But they seem pretty serious. They're like. They were like, I've been running a Call of Cthulhu Invictus campaign for five years, and I've been a gamer for 30. I'm like, wow, there you go. All right, so send us something in, and, you know, even if they write one or two new monsters in a cult, it'll be a huge help. You know, every little bit helps. You know, we want to get this done. We want to get this out. So Right, right. And, you know, the more people you have writing for Cthulhu Invictus, the better. Well, I don't know. I mean, almost every week you're writing a new scenario for the podcast. <laughs> Once well, a month. To, just to cover myself for angry fans who might be saying, why are you writing new scenarios when you should be working on Britannia? Writing for these yahoos <laughs> is not like writing for something that's going to be published. Um, it's barely an outline. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not anything that I could ever... It, it's, a, it's a collection of scattered ideas um, and, and a lot of impromptu. So, you know, and if anything, a lot of your play tests are going to be part of the Britannia book. Oh, nice. That's cool. <laughs> a lot of things that we tried that I found really worked out well that you guys were really either very upset about or very happy about are going to become part of the setting in a way that, you know, we might not have, have realized so you guys are kind of showing us where Britannia's sweet spots are. Nice. That's cool. I mean, we don't play anything the right way, so I don't I don't know if that's good or bad for you. <laughs> it's been good. I, I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed that we've had special guest stars drop in and out. Um, you know, I, I've enjoyed uh, – we had our first character death, and I still – I need to do a one-on-one -on -one to resolve that. Because I, I I don't know if he's coming back or not. That's gonna be a it's gonna be some role playing there, hmm. away from the rest of you. So, you will see. Okay, uh, fair enough. But again, some of the elements of that campaign are gonna be part of the Britannia book in a way that we hadn't really expected before. Just because the game, the campaign seems to be going so well. Yeah, oh, it's 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 a blast. I mean, we're having we're having a great time. I'm happy about that. Yep, and it's cool because we just get to hang out and play like. The, the gaming is fun and I enjoy that and I look forward to that and we do a lot of it, but it's, it's the hanging out really that, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll wrap up and, and we, we, you know, we play pretty tight. We play like two, two and a half hours maybe. 
and then everybody will sign off. And then Jesse and I will just stay on. I mean, shit. It, it's like one o'clock your time. We're still on. I'm like, dude, I have to go to work tomorrow. Like we, we have I think like- it's, it's really, you know, in the age of COVID, that game has been a lifeline. I don't, you know, I don't, and how long have we been doing it since September, September, August? maybe October, September, September, I think for sure. Right. Right. That's a long time to, I mean, it was October, November, December, January, February, March. And we're on our, we're, we've been, that campaign's six months old at the, damn near six months old at this point. Yep. yep. And going strong, you know, we're, you're, I don't know what scenario is going to be next. No, oh, actually, Jesus, I do. Um, so I've already got the next one in my head uh, on right. where you're going from here. Uh, so yeah, in, in the age of COVID, this has been, you know, just something to look forward to, you know, yeah. some small island of normalcy. Yep. Yeah. And, there, and there's so many people, you know, doing it now. And it's just such a, I mean, I, there's no, but like you're in New York, Jesse's in, in Massachusetts. Um, you know, Neil's in Rhode Island. Uh, Regina's in New York, Jersey, Jersey, New Jersey. you know, we're all over. I mean, in our other games, I got people in, in, Nevada and Wisconsin and Florida and you know in the UK who's up at you know like two o'clock in the morning just yeah, in to my play weird games. in my weirdo Star Frontiers game I've got a Canadian oh yeah 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 <laughs> that's cool and that and that's the other thing you've got going on you're you're running a uh, you have your own channel now uh, oh boy yes citizens of the frontier are uh are what we call updated old school uh updated old school uh star frontiers which means we're we're playing a, a 40 year old game you know from 1983 <laughs> almost 40 year old game but we're writing it as if it were like a modern campaign so it's a lot more detail a lot less just shoot the bad guys you know uh i'm, I'm a huge star frontiers fan I have been my whole life broke my heart when they never brought the game back I broke a lot of, and apparently, thanks to the internet and Facebook and such, got in touch with lots of people who are actually brokenhearted over the demise of Star Frontiers. And there's a huge, vibrant Star Frontiers community out there that's keeping it alive. We, and, we, you know, after a hard week of working on Cosmic Horror, to just take a palate cleanser to have some personal time to run a game I loved when I was 13, you know, yeah. 14. It's been a nice way to stay sane during COVID. I, I tell you, we still get – it's been forever since we started our campaign and sort of fell apart just because of life issues. But I, people still make comments and like, oh, where's the rest? Like, oh, I miss this so much. Oh, I, I, I ran – as I was working on my campaign, I ran into the notes for that. And and I had – of what the next adventure would be. Yeah. And I hate to tell you, but I'm going to be using some of the elements of that next adventure <laughs> coming up. Uh, my my Star Frontiers group, they're in a spot where they're about to finish, and they haven't had a break, so they're going to have a break. Right. So what I'm going to do is during that break, I'm going to give them three threads of an adventure, and I'm going to let them pick. And then I'll have two weeks to write it, or at least write the first session or two. Yeah, um, yeah. And one of them is something that I planned for you guys. Well, that's cool. I mean, whatever. <laughs> So it'll it'll live on. Well, we're there in spirit. <laughs> right. And if you ever wanted to do a special guest star drop-in with your character, 
you're more than welcome to do so. Do you, if you can even find the Star Frontiers character. Oh, it's all still on my shelf. <laughs> so honestly, if you want to drop in, you totally can. Uh, it, it's perfectly, you know, you'd be more than welcome. I mean, we've been doing it on the we've been doing it on the star on the on the the Britannia campaign. Why why not have a special guest star on the on the Star Frontiers one? There you go. Oh right, yeah, keep it in mind. I have to I have to like go through stuff over again, man. I don't. I never played it, so it was hard when we were playing. It. You're like, damn, you guys got to like learn this chart. Like, come on, what the hell are you doing? We're actually, oh boy, there's a there's a fanzine. That's been going on for years and years and years. Um, that put out an alternate skill system, hmm. and we're actually using that. So we're not using the weird resolution chart from the Zebulon's book. It was so hard to try to figure. It is, out. yeah. That was that was clunky <laughs> as hell. So we're actually using a, a streamlined skill system from the book. So it's not hardcore by the book star frontiers it's kind of a uh a streamlined skill hack from an article um and you know we 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 have good relationships with the uh with the fanzine with the frontier explorer and uh and star frontiersman there's two magazines um so i've got a few articles in just for you know beer and pretzels yeah. For me, writing writing Star Frontiers, writing stuff for Star Frontiers is like doodling. Um, it's you know, it's it's the Call of Cthulhu at this point can be stressful because I'm writing, you know, for a much larger audience. But Star Frontiers, you're not even paying for this magazine, so I don't really. <laughs> sure, I'm checking if there's spelling errors, but I'm not, you know. I'm not doing intensive research about proton beams. You know, it's, right, right. it's, it's space <laughs> opera. I don't have to research it. Yeah, yeah. I, I missed out, if you want to call it the golden age, I, I missed out on all that. I, I didn't start playing until the 90s. Oh. And, I, and I, of course, I started with second ed D&D. Oh. You know, like most people start with D&D, but... Um, yeah, I, I was I was a red box, red box base, red box basic 1983. Yeah. Uh, 13th birthday. So I've been there, you know, I'm an old man. Look at all this gray. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty old, too. I just never d didn't have people that were into it. Now you were probably better in sports than me. <laughs> I mean, I really, but I mean, like we just, we were, you know, you, you're out, you're riding your bikes, you're at the park, you're just dicking around, you know, you're just outside doing stuff. I, you know, just, we just but never to, did it. But to get back, it's, and I'm finding this with a lot of, of the new authors too, that you play all of these games, you know, you play all of these games and then eventually you find Star Frontiers and it's like Star Frontiers is the big game hunting of, of RPG, you know? It is brutal and unforgiving and atmospheric and, and mature. Or or it can be and should be and sometimes isn't. But you know, like <clears throat> once you find Call of Cthulhu, you're like, that's that's it. That's where you want to be. And for me, when you're you know, when all you do is Call of Cthulhu for a long time, sometimes you just want a break. And and for me that break is dopey nineteen eighty-three space opera. And honestly, the reason I started doing it was to learn the soft, the video editing software for the Kickstarter and the interviews <laughs> I'm doing now. I was just doing it as a way to screw around and, and get real comfortable. 
because I had to upgrade my software and I hate learning. You know, I'm an old man. I don't learn technology well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, even if you weren't writing, you know, specifically for Call of Cthulhu, Cthulhu Invictus, like even just playing a lot of the same thing, it's nice to, to mix something else in right? just to kind of get a break from that you know, from that mindset, especially if you play like a, a real particular way, like if you play tend to play like real dark, you know, call of Cthulhu scenarios, campaigns and stuff like that. It's nice to have something where you can just kind of mess around and, and just kind of blow that all out of the water. Yeah. Usually with a fragmentation grenade, <laughs> you know, full, full burst auto rifle. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's, and I can't stress this enough for many creators the the pandemic lockdown has been just brutal on their creative energies and uh you know there are times where people just can't focus and get their work done uh, so it slowed things down industry-wide and it goes both ways there are people like i'm locked down i'm bored i'm going to produce a lot and then a month later they're you know it'll dip and they'll just be slogging and I've, I've felt that. I know um, a lot of my staff, a lot of our, our freelancers have felt that. So it's been a really hard year uh, to be a creative. Uh, so you've had to do things outside of the box to just keep your creative energies at a, at a satisfactory level. And for me, you know, running a long-term campaign with you guys and running – you know, starting a, a, a Star Frontiers group. And I mean, who does that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, but for me, it's like, hey, I'm going to build a ship in a bottle just to keep myself occupied. You know, it, yeah. it was something that kind of helped, you know, and I, I, I can't even say help get through it because we're still in it. I mean, I've been trying to make an appointment for my vaccine for weeks now. And uh, right. who knows when that's going to happen. That's like the weird thing. And we talked about one of our previous shows, but like for me, it didn't change very much because like all of my gaming was already online. Right. And this is sort of my creative outlet. Um, so like it, it, it was weird. Like, you know, people are talking about not being able to get haircuts and stuff. I mean, I shaved my head and it, like, it never occurred to me like, Oh fuck, that's right. Like you get a haircut every month, right? Like it's weird. I, gotta, like, I just don't think about it. Cause it I was, do miss, I do miss running Call of Cthulhu games, especially Cthulhu Invictus at the house. Because I mean, Regina can usually can and will drive from New Jersey to my house. You know, I've got a lot of really good players who are perfectly willing to cross the state line or come from Long Island to come to my house. And when we play call, when we play Cthulhu Invictus, we put out a table of like flavored oil, bread, grapes, dates, um, olives, and a lot of wine. Um, and we just, you know, cheese and nuts. And it's always food that existed. You know, there's no Cheetos at our call. Right, right, right. There's no, there's no cream soda. There's no Mountain Dew. It's all, this is stuff that, would have been available. So we just eat and laugh and, and run our game and snack. And it's very social. And if it's in the summer, we'll, we'll play outside and we'll grill. I miss that. I mean, I love that we're still connected, 
but um, I, I do miss people. You know, I do miss that social interaction of, of you know, break, literally breaking bread with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't played, other than cons, which, of course, we didn't have any last year, I, I haven't played a face-to-face game in I, six years, maybe. I mean, everything that, that I play is on the podcast. So, and it's it's great. I enjoy it. It's not quite the same as being at the table together. Um, but, but you know, we've got a, you know, great group of people and we play, like we play, we do the deep dive, you know, we're, we're all heavy RP. And even when, when you, we started the campaign, I think, you know, the very first session, you know, we did the intro and you're like, all right, roll dice. We're like, wait a minute, what the fuck is this? We don't roll dice. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I like to let randomness. I think I said roll a 12. Okay. It's March. And you're like, what? <laughs> Oh, it's not raining. Oh, shit. Well, raining. that's good. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I like to put things in people's, you know, the fate, fate in your hands. Uh, yeah. I like to make luck burning scary mm-hmm. because I could I say, hey, roll luck, and you have no idea what this is. And if you burn through 30 points of luck. So unless you go to the dice, a lot of these rules don't make sense. You know, a lot of these rules yeah, are just yeah, so yeah. easily abused. But again, that's that's my philosophy. A lot of people avoid dice until it's absolutely necessary, which is yeah. fine. There's diceless systems, which is fine, you know. But, well, uh, so I, I it looks like I'm going to be running an alien, the short aliens RPG campaign. Um, but it says explicitly in the book. Do not roll dice unless it's absolutely necessary because the system itself is pretty brutal. Um, and it, I'm it's actually a- going to be playing Aliens uh, for the first time in a, a few weeks. Oh, nice. As, as part of a all-star game uh, that's going to be broadcast with a few podca- horror podcasters. And I'm the Call of Cthulhu guy on the team. So I think there's, a, there's two people on a parapsychology front and there's another uh, president of a game company. Uh, John Carpio is putting it together and I was invited and I'm like, okay, I've never played. He goes, that's fine. No one has, none of these guys <laughs> have ever I'm like, all right, as long as I'm as green as everyone else, I'm like, oh, this is, we're all going to die. This is going to be oh, terrible. <laughs> so is it going to be broadcast to YouTube? We're going to need some links here when this comes up. I, I will. Yeah, I will embarrass myself by giving the links. Nice. Okay. But again, Aliens, Aliens is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yep. Yep. I went out and I bought all the box sets and I got the book. I got the whole package when it came out. I got My, my wife's 50th birthday a few years ago was we rented out the, a movie theater and invited a theater full of people and saw the director's cut on the big screen. Nice. And That's to cool. this day, people are still talking about it. <laughs> and there were people who hadn't seen it. Really? And, yeah, there are people who are screaming at the scary parts and the rest of us are laughing our asses <laughs> off because we, you know, we know, you know, we know when everyone, you know, we know when everyone gets it. And they're like, oh, no, you know, Hudson died. And like, ah, newbie. <laughs> I was just, it was phenomenal. You know, because, again, the directors could have never been in the theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, no, I'm a huge Aliens fan. That'll be a lot of fun to play. Yeah, that's cool. You'll, you'll have a good time. I'm assuming it's like a cinematic one shot. 
No idea. Okay. I know there's a session zero where we're going to do go through the rules of character design, but nice, nice. You know, I've got so many balls in the air. I just said yes and forgot about it. I'm not <laughs> even sure. I'm not even sure when I need to show up, but I know it wasn't soon. Uh, mm, that's always the way, right? But I can't say no to James. James is, uh, you know, Hispanic American game designer, and I always joke with him. You know. We can, we should start the 100 Hispanics in 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 RPGs. We just need to find 97 more guys, uh, and, and that's only because there's a guy in, in in you know Florida that I know who's an RPG design game designer. Um, Henry, my friend Henry. Uh, so yeah, there's three Hispanics in gaming. <laughs> you know, like 100 blacks in law enforcement, 100 Latinos in gaming. We just need 97 more members. Um, but no, I can't say no to him. Him and I go way, way back. I mean, literally, he was organizing the conventions when I was running Call of Cthulhu for the missionary program in the early 90s, uh, you know, at, at small Long Island cons. And he was opening doors in, in my the first baby steps in my career. So... Anything James needs, sure, no problem. I'm there. Cool. Well, that's cool. Do you guys have any? So, are you planning any other Kickstarters for the years? Or are we looking at something towards the end of the year? Or is this the one one for the year? I will not. I wouldn't dare to launch another Kickstarter until Britannia is delivered. That's fair. That's I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm planning for Britannia to be done and delivered, um, so that I can launch one in the fall. And I'm approved to launch it. I have an author. We have a project. We have, you know, don't have, we don't have a cover, but we have, you know, we've been approved to launch by Ka- by Chaosium, um, and that is God willing, that will be uh, Darkest Germania. Ooh, which nice. Which will be the setting for Germania, Germania Superior, Germania Inferior, um, you know, the Rhineland frontier for Cthulhu Invictus. And uh, Matt Weissman, you know, proud ethnic German, you know, in touch with his history. Uh, any award-winning author will be working on that. Uh, you know, our primary author, and I'll be writing some material and scenarios for it. And my, my fiction authors are dying dying to get started on Tales of Cthulhu Invictus Germania. Some of them wanted to start writing already, and I said, just please don't. Just don't. You know, I don't even know if we can get it done this year. Right, um, right. Hey, but then it's all ready to go. When- <laughs> right. But then you're on the hook. You know, you, you, you feel like when people write for something and then you don't use it, you've always got that pressure that mm. um, you're letting the team down. Right. And I've had I had that for an entire book for, for you know almost four years. So I don't want to put myself in that position. Um, after this Kickstarter, it's going to be nothing but production until Britannia is out. Once Britannia is out and released, then we'll take a serious look at Britannia at, at Germania. And again, it doesn't have to be released once the book is done and the manuscript is done and in layout and we know it's coming and we know it's happening and it's only in the hands of a few people, then I can shift the bulk of that team to the next project. 
Right. right. Um, but until we have a finished edited manuscript ready to go to editing, ready to go do layout, I won't I won't really start I won't light a fire under that pot. Yeah, that's fair. It makes sense. I mean, we owe it to the fans. I I can't, you know, I can't I've got two teams. I'm not forming a third one. <laughs> you know, I don't have I don't have that many friends who will work for these rights. <laughs> Well, cool. It sounds well, like Darkest Mania. We're we're very excited about. I think my second my second Cthulhu Invictus scenario was set in Germania, um, and you know it's it's a scary place. I mean, you know the the you know the Rhineland frontier. You know the the, the Teutoburg massacre. You know the, the line of, of forts, the trade in amber. Um, you know the loss of a legion that the loss of legions that halted the the northern expansion of the Roman Empire uh, drove an emperor to madness. Yeah, and you, you you know you look at the map and you look at the history and you go, yeah, Britannia, and wh- where next? <laughs> well, Germania. You know, yeah. you're, you're you know Britannia, and then the next obvious place is Germania. Um, so yeah, we've got someone lined up and they've been doing research for a few months, you know, jotting down notes. Um, I think we've already sent an email to Alyssa who did our wonderful Britannia map said, Hey, hey, would you, would you want to take a crack at Germania later this year? <laughs> so um, if it fits her schedule, I'm sure she'll do it. She's loves who loves uh, ancient Rome. Uh, it, it's, it's, Alberto's ready to do a cover for us, but we need him to finish art on the main book. So we're not having him work on anything, but sure. um, dark gods willing and the void don't rise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll be working on that. What's after you? Max go to hell. All right. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> What's after Germania? <laughs> Well, we don't do back-to-back Invictus projects, so it would be a 1920s, right? Or something else. But I know what, I, what I'd love to do. I just don't know if we're going to do. It. <sighs> <laughs> Not going to say a word. <laughs> that sounds like a, that sounds like a hard maybe. <laughs> oh, it's I've got a few reference books. That's a little bit more than maybe. Um, <laughs> The Eastern Empire, yes, it's an absolutely fascinating, fascinating area. But, you know, so is Gaul. So is, you know, so is the Iberian Peninsula. There are three territories there. Um, North, the North Africa, you could do an entire book on Egypt. Yeah. Um, You could do an entire book on the city of Rome. Although the maps would be ruinous, you know, just to get the maps of the entire city and what era, you know, the city when it's historically, it's, it's just, uh, no, there will, God's willing, there will be, you know, a series of setting books for Cthulhu Invictus coming for many, many years. There, there are, in our period, there are like 40, 45 provinces. Yeah, yeah. We've we've done one. Um, the Germania book that will be three. <laughs> you know, 
of four if we include like you know radia or but you know i don't know that we will um you know even if we did the iberian peninsula that's only going to be three hmm. and right. the exotic east that would probably be uh four scenarios and we may not call it the exotic east or, or whatever but this oh, no. one hill of the campaign <laughs> yeah yeah the uh like the like the guild navigator um there are always plans within plans at the goblin there there you go we we try and just talk about two at a time right well, there's only so much you can get done right right i mean then there's there's the campaign that eventually we want to do you know campaigns are tough right a wise man once told me people write one campaign because it's just terrible it's just hard to write campaigns and at this point, I'm on my like fourth or fifth, um, so I'm just a glutton for punishment. Uh, but the the you know the holiday collection was a labor of love. I love doing that. Love the the last the last face to face game we had was the play test of Egypt of uh, Eastern Arkham, right. and it was wonderful. But you know, anyhow's it. Well, hopefully soon, right? I mean, word is that, you know, end of May, there should be enough vaccines for everybody. So hopefully, you know, by summer, people can start. Hopefully. They're already canceling most of the summer cons. So who knows if if con season will be saved. I think they've, Necronomicon's done. I think. um, Well, don't say done. It's just been postponed till next year. I'm talking about this year. The summer cons for 2021 are quickly evaporating. Yeah. Um, Which will be fine because I'll, if if everybody I know is vaccinated, I'm setting up some folding tables in my driveway, my backyard, (laughs) and I'm calling it COVID con because we need to be social. And I will just have people running and, and, you know. Hey, you put me up, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> oh, my, my living room will look like a flop house. Trust me. Uh, there'll, there'll be cots everywhere. It'll be like fire festival, except, you know, no one will be starving because I'm a good host. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe I'll call it fire con. There you go. <laughs> we'll, we'll be throwing packs of cheap ass chicken franks on the grill. Yeah. Well, I think um, so. They, they postponed San Diego Comic Con already. Right. Um, I haven't heard anything about Gen Con. I think that's still theoretically maybe a thing. I I hope in a weird way because um, I would like to go, Hmm. but I'm only going to go if a certain book gets nominated for any awards. (laughs) So if I don't get nominated for any awards, I have no intention of going. Um, So I hope I'm gonna. I'm hoping to go. <laughs> We're very proud of the, the the campaign we just put out, and uh, we've already sent in our physical copies for for any consideration. Nice, nice. And we'll see. We'll see. We've done we've done our best work, but you know, we've done our best work on books that weren't nominated for anything. So that's you know, you do your best work, you hope for the best. Right, right. Well, Unfortunately, I know people who work in other who work who do freelance work for other companies, and apparently other companies have done some really good work during COVID too. Hmm. So competition may be pretty steep and stiff this year, but uh, right, we're confident. Fingers yeah. crossed. I get my vote yeah, in. Got to be in it to win it. 
Yep. I, I was I was disappointed and relieved at the same time that that Necronomicon got got pushed back. I was gonna go. Oh, I was. But it was like, on. oh, you know, is this a good idea? I'm gonna do it. I don't know if it's a good idea, but <laughs> put my time in it works. I, you know? I was going to. I was going to get my vaccine, even if I had to put on a, a an old man wig like from the <laughs> Benny Hill show and, and, and try and get a fake ID saying I was 90. Um, I was going to find a way to get my vaccine to be there, you know, yeah. come hell or high water. But now it's like, okay, 2022. Okay. Well, you know what? It'll be bigger then. It'll, it'll be, you know, it'll be that much bigger of a release when we all get together then for that. Oh, we're gonna need a bigger karaoke bar. <laughs> we're gonna need a bigger, bigger bowl of rum. <laughs> oh man, we might need to order two of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll be good. I mean, that'll be yeah, that'll be fun. God willing, we'll all be here. Yep. Absolutely. God willing, we'll all be there in 2022. Yep. Yep. I'll be ordering my tickets at the end of the year. Yeah. Cool. Mm. So, anything else you want to know about this? this thing i i think we've probably beat it to yeah, death right beat I mean... it to death. <laughs> it's it's gonna be cool um I, I keep wanting to say the kids because they seem so young and eager but they're all like you know they're all in their 30s <laughs> um so they're hardly kids but they're working super super hard and i hope that the community shows this project some love you know and, you know, Matt is like, hey, we can do this every other year and, and have a showcase of new author, new authors every other year. And I'm like, oh, my God, no, <laughs> stop. Just, just stop. He's like right up there with Max. So what are we doing in 2023? I'm like, God, <laughs> stop. Can we do another one of these in 2023? I'm like, we haven't done this one yet. You don't know if it's going to fund. But, you know, it theoretically would be great to do new author showcases every few years. That would be cool. You know, see who see who stands and falls. Give these give these kids a, a chance to make the name for themselves in a book where they're the only ones. Yep. You know, there where they're not lost in a collection. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, like I said earlier, that, that that's great that you guys are taking time out to do that to to bring more people in, give them give them that public uh, spotlight to showcase what they're doing and and give them the opportunity in some cases. To, to learn and, and really sort of delve into a new craft. Right, right. It's awesome. And and the ones who are in rewrites, they've taken criticism well. They're they're you know seeing things from a, a more from a different perspective. And they're like, wow, I didn't realize that that's totally what I did. And you totally figured that out. And I'm like, yeah, because I totally <laughs> did that 14 years ago when I was, you know, when I was writing my third scenario. Right, um, right. It's it's you know all these beginner mistakes that you're well intentioned and you're eager, and you don't realize they're mistakes until you start play testing these and you get fried. And I'm like, oh, we're going to save you from all of these rookie mistakes because <laughs> we were all fried with these rookie mistakes at cons and, and so forth and such. Yeah, well, it's, like, it's exciting being a mentor and, and helping them along. Yeah, and, and it, like you said, it's different running. You know, even if you, you know, sandbox at home and you're and you're running campaigns and you're, you know, creating scenarios, like you said, you know, you jot down a handful of notes and then it explodes when it touches the players. So you just get used to doing that. But but, you know, putting something together, you know, specifically for publications like a completely different animal. Yes. Yes. It's very, very different. 
if a consumer is paying for a scenario, they don't want to do any work. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to think. They don't want to create any new NPCs to fill in holes when the scenario has been broken by that one player who has to do all the goofy shit. Um, <laughs> so you've got to think, okay, how can this break? How can I keep it from breaking? And if I can't keep it from breaking, how do I incorporate this break into my narrative and make it interesting? And that's not something you figure out on your first or second or third scenario. You know, that's something that, you know, takes years to develop or, you know, so why not learn from someone else's mistakes, you know, yep. have someone, which is what mentoring is all about. I, I suppose learning, learning from other people's mistakes so you can get a, 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 a you know, a leg up. Hey, somebody should and tell Watsy. Yeah, I, I was, I, yeah. What? I, I picked up a book that I was going to run for the kids and it was like, yeah, here's a thing. And like, there's some stuff and then like left all of it open. And I'm like, I, I don't want to create stuff. <laughs> Give me something I can fucking run. What is this? Right. Right. All the stuff that was written in the golden age. A lot of that is, is, you know, it's loose. Yeah. Um, which is, which is it, great. You know, for an experienced uh gm dm keeper whatever like that's fine especially if you know what your you know your own players are like but like if you're strapped for time like the fourth edition modules were great because you could just sit down and it was all there unless you had that one person that's like i ah, lick the wall and like eat the <laughs> mushrooms or whatever like fuck what <laughs> okay like can we break into the chief of police's house and you're like you're right. <laughs> I, I suppose. And then you're frantically drawing a map of the chief of police's house. And like, I didn't think anybody crazy enough to do this shit. Then, you know, right. then you got to create the, you know, the map and then you got to create the handout. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll be reading, you know, no, no, no specifics, just general. Like I'll be reading these scenarios. I'm like, you know, if they shoot this guy, they have, <laughs> No way of getting to the second half of the scenario. I'm right. like, we are literally one rifle shot away, and I'm like, yeah, this is a, this is a <laughs> this is a terminal choke point. We've got to go back and fix this, or yeah, you know, like you look at these and you got years of experience of thinking, okay, how can this break? And right. you know, you know, through through that lens, these are these scenarios are going to be way better. Uh, I think they're, they're going to be way more solid. And and the authors so far have been like, wow, that's, you know, and I remember when I was mentored, when I was starting out by, by an author, a great author, way more experienced than me. Uh, it was the same, you know, the same gratitude of like, oh my God, you know, now I, now I can see it, you know, right. now I can see where I went wrong and, you know, I can make it better. So I, I'm just, thrilled I can do that now for some for some young authors. That's awesome. And, and the community's better for it. Right. The more people you have writing, the more you know, the more varied the scenarios are going to be. Um, authors have a style. They have a voice. Um, we're going to get a look at six new voices, six new styles. And for some fans out there, they may be reading their favorite author for the next 10 years for the mm. first time yep. if 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 their personal rhythm matches that author you know we've we've made a connection 
you know, but you know, you, you're never going to know that until you give these people a, a chance, uh, you know, put the spotlight on them, give them the stage. And we're just thrilled to be able to do that. Fantastic. All right. You have anything else to plug? Anything else that's going on? Anything else that we should know about? No, despite Max's best efforts, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about any projects beyond what we've talked about. I don't want to jinx myself. Um, yeah. So possible Kickstarter in the fall. Britannia is in full production. We're starting to really ramp that up. Uh, the Kickstarter for this, the book is is written, the fiction book. We're waiting for the sixth story to come in. Um, so that's written pretty much. Uh, and the one story we're waiting for, this guy got a very late start to the project. So he's it's not like he's late. This launches, you know, the ninth, midnight on the 19th, Friday the 19th, goes 30 days. Um, you know, please support us. If not for our sake, for the sake of these six authors who could be great in the coming years. I honestly think we're going to be seeing a lot more from these six in the, in the, in the years to come. Cool. Very cool. I want to thank you for coming on. I'm, I'm excited and looking forward to uh, getting, getting to back this project and getting into my grubby little mitts. It'll be, there'll be some interesting scenarios. I, I, you know, you'll, you'll be sad. Anybody who orders this, I think they'll be, They'll be satisfied. And I'm going to read this out. Uh, Max said, I'll be supporting you. Golden Goblin puts out amazing stuff. Thank you, Max. And I second that. Your $2 <laughs> are on the way. <laughs> <laughs> the, the proof is on the shelf. <laughs> well, we do appreciate your support. We couldn't do any of this without the support of our, of our fans and our backers. Cool. And we thank you for doing the cool stuff that you do. Well, thanks. It's nice to be appreciated. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for checking this out. Uh, Kickstarter starts again on March 19th. If you're watching this live, uh, the audio will drop before that. Um, we have coffee for sale. It's that sweet, legendary brew. It's a nice, easy drinking medium roast. Oscar knows because he said some. I have. I've had. If you use the code LEGENDS10, you get 10% off your order, and shipping is always free. We also have our Patreon up as well. If you'd like to uh, support us there, that's fantastic. There's uh, early releases, uh, uh, post shows, outtakes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, if not, perfectly fine as well. The thing that you could do probably help us out even more maybe is leaving us a review uh, or a rating on iTunes or whatever your podcatcher of choices that helps us out a ton. just gets more eyes on the podcast. So uh, thank you in advance for that. And again, thanks for checking it out and we'll catch you next time. This podcast is a proud member of the legends of tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.